Chapter 5 The Icewood If ever the four companions had their grandest hour, this was it. For their minds had been set to right with recent tidings and revelations. The tree ball were returning, an indication that the end days of darkness were near at hand. And each of the companions couldn't help but smile as their minds wandered to the words of Aethwood as he recalled a small creature handling a hammer. The four had no doubt that it was Dorn whom the Treeborn had seen, and although he was locked in time and space within the nightmarish realm of the Chasm of the Shadows, he was alive, and it became clear to the companions that it were possible for the doors of the Shadow to be opened as the dwarf had done when he had chased down the Doom Wraiths then it was possible for them to be opened again. They could only pray to hold Moria that the opportunity would indeed present itself. Ooh, it was quite chilly. Even some hard bark. We are nearing my home, my friends. And tell me how you expect us to travel into the Winter Realms without freezing to death? <laughs> there are secrets in the Icewood that not even the greatest of rangers know. Are you alright, Erador? Yes, I, I just... I find it hard to keep from thinking about Dorn and, and the possibility that he's still alive. Was or not remain so? None have ever escaped from the chasm. But Dorn is a strong dwarf. I have not lost all hope yet. They continued their walk for another hour. All around them, the color of the trees and leaves changed to an icy shade of blue, and the air grew colder still. Suddenly, Aileen stopped and a smile grew on her frosted lips. Ahead of them stood what looked like a gate made of trees. Aileen stepped forward and placed her hand on one of the branches. With those words, a gap formed between the trees as they leaned in opposite directions. And what lay ahead beyond the gateway was remarkable. Gentlemen, I welcome you to the Icewood. Beyond the tree gate, the hill declined down into a great circular overlook of the Icewood. A treeless ring went around the central forest and in that ring was a small river. This, in itself, was a wonder, for the water trickled and ran, though there did not appear to be a place from which it ran from. After marveling over the river, the companions finally laid eyes upon what was inside the circle. It was like a city made of trees. Lanterns could be seen glowing through the leaves in the now darkening skies. As the awestruck companions descended down the hill, many creatures they saw. White stags pranced up to meet them, and unicorns were there also. But the greatest attraction was what rose up from the trees down below. Is that... Is that what I think it... It cannot be. Ah, but it is, my good ranger. Stretching out from the center of the forest was a great, long neck covered in icy blue scales. At the end of the neck was a great horned head and a snout bearing dagger-like teeth. When it opened its mouth, ice and snow blew softly out and floated to the ground. It is... 
It is an ice dragon. Yes, Thaulagoin is the last of the ice dragons. Long has he protected the Winter Realms. How has such a creature remained hidden from the peoples of Etherrealm? Thaulagoin has his ways. But let us not delay any longer. I am anxious to meet my people. They began their descent once more until they had reached the bottom of the hill. Before them, the treeless river ring ran, over which a bridge seemingly made of ice led across and into the ice wood. As the companions stepped onto the bridge, a tall figure emerged from the forest before them. It was a Silveri, just like Aelin, but this one was taller and masculine. His hair was long and white, and his skin was icy blue, as were his eyes. He smiled at them and spread out his arms. Welcome to the Icewood, travelers from afar. And to you, Aelin Umwelin. I am Thulias. Come, rest your weary feet. I would appreciate a means of warmth. Oh, yes. Drink from the river, and the cold shall be abated for a time. Elibor, Ludmood, and Errolor obeyed and knelt down by the river. Each scooped up a handful of the water, which was surprisingly warm to the touch. They drank the fresh, clean water and felt its warmth run through their bodies. After only a few moments, each felt as if he were in the spring sunlight. I have not tasted water so pure and sweet since the days of old. Incredible. Such things are unknown to us in the Emerald Wood. You will find that we have kept much hidden from the eyes of Ytheren. Now, let us go. And so they followed Aileen and the Elf Warden into the icy forest. The innards of Icewood were even more remarkable than the outside appearance. Silverin walked merrily, often looking upon the newcomers and welcoming. It was dark under the eaves of the forest, yet the elves seemed to glow, illuminating the forest with a brilliant icy blue light. Ahead, the companions could hear the breathing of the ice dragon grow louder and louder. I do not mean to be rude, but we must not spend too much time here. The Shadow Riders are still ahead of us. You need not worry about them now. Time here is different. How do you mean? Time here is slower than the rest of the world. Though you will have stayed here at night, you will have only lost a minute in the outside world. Ooh, then this must be the last forest that does so. In the old days, Tarmer knocked all the woodlands of Ethereal. How is this possible? Some things cannot be explained, even by a silver. Then Aileen has been gone to you for quite some time. Not exactly. She has only been gone. Twelve days. Ah, I Wait, what? Where are we going? The Lady Maethelin wishes to see. My mother is here. Yes. And by the sound of her voice, it doesn't sound as if it will be a pleasant talk. They walked for what seemed like a mile. Yet the magic of the river water had also strengthened them, and their legs were not yet tired. At last they came to a place where there was a great opening in the roof of the forest, and under the opening sat the great ice dragon. 
he was even more remarkable up close. The dragon was laying on his side, comfortably, and his head was low and loomed before a female, Silveran, that faced him. When the female turned, the companions knew at once that she was the ruler of the Winter Realms. A white crystalline circlet she adorned on her head, and a long white gown she wore, covered in many beautiful jewels. Her hair was silver white, and tied at the ends into many braids. Her face much resembled that of Aileen's. It was soft and fair, and her eyes sparkled in the blue light of the forest. Also beside her stood another Silveran, dressed in icy blue mail. Upon seeing the approaching party, he stepped toward them. Ilinduir. Julius. What brings you here, my friend? Bad tidings, I'm afraid. Lady Maitland will explain all. I suggest you talk to her right away. And where are you to go now? I must return to the fray. We may not meet again in this lifetime, my friend. May the White Halls reunite us one day. All the company watched as the two elves placed their right hands on each other's shoulders and looked upon each other for what would most likely be the last time. Then Elendwyr left for whatever doom awaited him. The companions looked one last time at the departing elf, then continued toward the lady and the great dragon. As they neared, the Silveran queen became aware of their presence and turned to them. A smile ran across her icy blue lips, and she approached the visitors. Thulius bowed his head, and the companions did so as well. Welcome, Erlor Ildain, son of Elathor Ildain of Tirithgar. Your swordcraft is held in high praise in the Winter Realms. Welcome, Elabror, son of the Emerald Wood. Long have the Silveran heard tales of the valorous Timberoan Rangers. And welcome, Lothamud, son of Lumbermood. It has been quite a long time since I have laid eyes upon the Tree Peoples. And long has it been since I've seen the Silveran. You have been hidden quite a long time, my lady. An error that will soon be changed. Our help, along with all the other secluded peoples of Etherealm, is needed in these dark times. And these are dark times indeed. Have I heard wrong, Elrond? That the rangers of the Emerald Wood have joined with the Dark One? You have heard correctly, my lady. I am the last of the true rangers. Then you are most welcome. I see your quest has been more than a success, my daughter. Yes. Well, almost. How do you mean? One of our company has fallen into the Chasm of Shadows. The Dwarf. Dornhammer. Yes. His aura is still vibrant in the shadowy realm, but even as we speak it is fading. Is there hope for him? There is always hope, Captain of Tirithgar, even when all is dark. Oh yes, Tharagwen wishes to meet with all of you. The companions followed the elf lady back to the great dragon. As they approached, they almost swore they saw the ice dragon grin. These are the companions that you have heard of, Tharagwen. Ah, uh, yes. Erelor and Elabor found themselves shocked at the sound of the thunderous voice. Ludmund, however, was unstirred, as if he knew the dragon was capable of speech. It appears they have not seen a dragon that speaks before. It is understandable. My kin keep to themselves. We usually never speak in the presence of men. 
but I am not usual. I have learned much in the long years I have spent in Etheron. It is because of the ignorance and stubbornness of my brethren that all my kin are considered feral creatures and shot down from the sky or slain in their deep caves. I must apologize, Lord Thaloquin, for I have slain a dragon not this past autumn. It was Lothar the Red that you slew, and no apology is needed. In fact, I commend you. Morthor was a terrible beast who cared nothing for the lives of men. He believed them to be puny ants that needed a good squashing. But the Crimson Worm had now learned his lesson, and it was his last. It is good to see you again, Thaliguin. As it is to see you, young healing. Now that's a face that seems strangely familiar. You know my face, and I know yours. Yet it was under other names that we knew each other. Names that can no longer be spoken. You are... Yes... I remember. Long has it been since I saw you, my old friend. And I... So this is the shape you have chosen? And you're yours. A great riddle hangs over me. <laughs> it would take a lifetime to explain all. What can be said is that I am Thalidwin knew each other and fought side by side in the first war. Incredible! You never told us of your origin. Well, you did not ask. There will be a time for questions later. I'm afraid I must break this joyful atmosphere with dark tidings. What is it? With these dark tidings comes the reason for my being here. Elusiand has fallen to enemy hands. No. We tried to hold them back as long as we could. But these Varugor have a might that we could not overcome. How many escaped? How many are alive? Only thirteen of us escaped. Thirteen? Ilundwir is leading another brigade against the orcs and the Varugor, but I have little hope for their victory. Then they will be heading for this place next. The Dark Orb already has such great power. Think of how it would multiply if you took the light sword. That is why everything depends on the success of your mission. Now you have not come here just to exchange words. We shall supply you with items that will aid you on your quest. And we have sent for another companion who will join you. Elflu Tarandir of Ildanir has sent the lieutenant of his armies. From behind the ice dragon stepped an elven female. Her skin was pale and soft-featured. Her brunette hair was pulled into a long, loose braid that was draped over her shoulder. She was garbed in a brown traveling tunic with a long, dark green cloak, from which a long bow hung at her back, alongside a quiver with many arrows. I am Eluvian, daughter of Elflor Tyrondir, 
and Lieutenant of the Ildenir Armies. I will go with you on your quest, if you will have me. Your presence would be most beneficial, Lady of Ildenir. I know I will not be able to replace your fallen comrade, nor would I wish to. But I will help you, as best my skills will allow. Jeanette is done. Come, mortal companions, and we shall fit you with mail and blade. Together they went to the great elven forge, where weapons and armor were made not out of fire or iron, but out of water and ice. These weapons are indestructible. Use them to their fullest extent and beyond, and they will not shatter. Next, the companions were fitted with an armor that was good enough to turn blade and arrowheads alike. Yet it was light, and they found they could move easily in it without tiring quickly. The mail of the water is also indestructible, and it will not slow you down. All these things that have been presented to you cannot be destroyed by blade or fire, unless it is the fire that burns within you. These are the weapons of the moor, crafted only for the guardians of Etherum. They can be wielded only by those with moral intent. Should you begin to falter, these weapons will melt and return to water. I pray that this does not happen, that you do not falter, for Etherum cannot stand to lose another of its guardians. Are you sure we have earned such a title, my lady? Though reluctant at first, you chose to leave with my daughter and embark on this quest. She too left her duties here. Adabor left his home, though he knew not then the true reason why. And Doran left with you. He might not have, had the accusations of murder not been made against him. And was it by chance that you happened upon an adventure wishful leafling in the forest? You have all come together, whether by choice or by chance. The Tulina Amar speaks of such a company of peoples. They are the guardians of Etherum. The first moral threat of many to the Dark Lord. It is written that they shall come when the descent of shadows is at hand. So too, it gives signs of this time. The return of the Treeborn, for one. And word of their reappearance in a few forests has reached my ears. As have your company laid eyes upon one. All the signs are clear, Captain of Tirithgar. You are the first guardians. And as such, you must stop the Dark Lord from grasping the Black Blade. As captain of the armies of Tirithgar, you have my word. We shall do these, Lady Maithelin. We shall stop the Shadow Riders, and we shall set into place the first peril of the Dark Lord. Go now, and may the Light One speed you to the Dark Lord's doom. You have been listening to a special presentation of The Age of the Swords, Part 1, The Descent of Shadows, Remastered Edition, written and directed by Joe Harrison, and distributed by Lion's Mouth Entertainment. Featured in the cast were R. Douglas Barbieri as the storyteller, 
Amy Farrell as Aileen, Andrew Gilbertson as Eralor, Mike Lane as Elabror, Joe Harrison as Dorn, Timothy Harrison as Ludmood, Silas Carter as Lady Maithelin, Glenn Caldwell as King Elareth, Wanda Mallet as Barmaid, Roy Mallet as Thalagwin, Nathan P. Butler as Illindweir, with Matt Lowen as Mordegil, Steve Fluharty as Mercenary 1, Eric Olp as Mercenary 2, and Averill White as Illuvian. Featuring additional dialogue by Joe Harrison, Silas Carter, Eric Olp, and Mike Lane. Sound engineering by Joe Harrison. Additional scenes written by Andrew Gilbertson. Poetry supervision by Maven and Averill White. Music supervision by Joe Harrison and Silas Carter. Mixing and post-production were realized on Adobe Audition, Audacity, and Goldwave. The Age of the Swords Part 1 Remastered Edition featured music from the following soundtrack albums. First Night, The Mummy, Timeline Rejected Score, Rambo First Blood Part 3, King Solomon's Mines, Mulan, Congo, Medicine Man, Rudy, The River Wild, Star Trek Insurrection, and the Thirteenth Warrior by Jerry Goldsmith. The Perfect Storm by James Horner. The Last Samurai by Hans Zimmer. Dinotopia by Trevor Jones. And Kingdoms of Amalur by Grant Kirkhope. Featuring the song Border Journey from the album Return of the Guardians by David Arkenstone. All compositions and albums are copyright to their original creators and record labels. No infringing claims are intended. This has been a not-for-profit production, and a very special thanks goes to the entire cast for their encouragement and support, as well as helping bring this project to life in their spare time. The Age of the Swords continues in Part 2, The Spider Queen now airing monthly at lionsmouthent.net slash spiderqueen. Thank you for listening.
Lion's Mouth Entertainment is a non-profit organization. Story, copyright 2007 and 2015 by Joe Harrison. For more information, visit us online at lionsmouthent.net.